from Maple Valley to Snoqualmie Pass and everywhere in between, this is Taking the Fifth, the podcast of Washington State's 5th District Democrats. Today we're talking via Skype with Kelly Bernardo to talk about I-1491, the initiative that's sometimes known as the Extreme Risk Protection Act. Hello, Kelly. Hi. So tell us about 1491, what it is and what it looks to accomplish. Okay, so Initiative um, 1491 is um, commonly known as the um, ERPO, or Extreme Risk Protective Order. And what that what this initiative does is um, if it becomes law, which hopefully it will on November November 8th be voted into law, um, is that it empowers um, family members and law enforcement um, to um, help someone who is showing signs that they're under duress of some sort and that they're a risk to themselves or others. So um, let's just give an example of if a family notices that um, their family member has been making threats to themselves, saying that they're going to kill themselves or they're going to kill somebody else, and um, the the family knows that this individual has firearms, um, they can petition the court um, for a hearing, and it goes before a judge, so due process is involved. Um, and if the judge, they have to provide evidence, documentation that these, this person has made these threats. And if the judge um, finds that the evidence is clear that this person is a risk to themselves or anyone else, they issue the protective order that's in place for a year. And um, the, if the person does own firearms, they have to surrender their firearms to their local law enforcement um, agency. And it also, an order will be put into the system to block them from purchasing firearms. So this is not only people threatening others, this is people who may be at a high risk of suicide. That's right. Right. And that is the majority of gun deaths, not only in Washington state, but nationwide. So can't judges do something like this now in Washington state? No, not currently. Um, Law enforcement, um, their hands are tied. Families are, their hands are tied as well. They um, they can ask, they can request, um, you know, law enforcement can request to hold somebody's firearms for them um, if they think they're um, a risk to themselves or others. And they do do that, but they can't force it. They can't force the person to turn their firearms over. So what, what about people who might say that this is infringing on their rights to own a firearm? Well, this this is this is um, directed at people who are in crisis. So um, it would it's there are penalties for people that um, are filing for these orders and they're lying. They're not being truthful, and um, so there's criminal penalties involved there. But um, it's it's aimed at just protecting somebody from um, themselves. Right. Um, from arms. So, um, I, I, my husband and I own firearms, and we are voting for 1491, and we don't believe that this infringes on our rights. Right. 
So uh, with, is there a process for someone to prove that they're no longer a threat and have their weapons returned to them? Yes, there is. Um, the the um, respondent, um, the person who the order is against, um, the, the order is in place for a year. So at the end of that year, the, um, the respondent can petition the court to get their um, firearm privileges back. Um, as well as on the flip side, if they are still um, a threat to themselves or others, um, family or law enforcement can repetition the court to have the order extended for another year. Right, but but it's not just an automatic thing. You actually have to really prove no. that someone is yes. an imminent yes. threat. Yes, and the order will expire after a year. So um, if no action is taken to extend it, um, it will expire. So. So was this brought about by any real-world incidents uh, that we've seen in Washington? Yes. Well, our citizen sponsor, um, Marilyn Balsrak, and her family, they experienced a tragedy. Um, her son um, was battling with some mental illness, and he was making threats to himself. Um, and she knew he had firearms, um, and she tried. She contacted police, and they told her there wasn't anything that they could do to get the firearms away from him. And he ended up shooting his stepsister, his adult, he was an adult, but um, shooting his adult stepsister and then killing himself. And Marilyn and her husband, who's the father of the young lady who was killed, found them. Yeah. So uh, do you know if there are other states that have this power uh, right now? Is Washington an outlier, or is this something that we're kind of leading the way on? Connecticut has an order in place. Um, California voters voted um, a similar law into effect um, after the um, Isla Vista, the shooting at Santa Barbara. Um, They enacted that, and I believe it's Illinois that also has one. There is a third state. Um, And I'd like to also note that um, at a recent rally in Seattle for 1491, I was talking with Nicole Hockley, and her son Dylan was one of the six-year-olds that was shot and killed at Sandy Hook um, Elementary School in Connecticut. And she told me that this law is one is is the, one of the laws that they feel will do the most to prevent another tragedy like Sandy Hook. Elway just released a poll. Uh, that shows that 1491 is actually enjoying a lot of support right now. It's up 67 to 18%. Even 52% of Republicans, over half, are in favor of this statewide. Uh, So it looks promising right now. But what have you been hearing around the 5th District here about uh, what people are thinking about it? Um, I think most people are very supportive, um, including gun owners. Um, They... I know that it's not directed at, um, you know, at just taking anyone's guns away, which seems to be a fear that is prevalent amongst um, gun owners. Um, They know that it's directed at people that are in crisis, the mentally ill. So maybe that's why they're supportive. But, um, yes, I think overall people are very supportive. I'm encouraged to hear those poll numbers. Right. And on the heels of 594 passing two years ago, uh, it looks like maybe our state is starting to get serious about reducing gun violence without actually trampling on individual rights. 
Right. I, I believe that is I believe that is the case. When I talk to people and they ask me how they can get involved and what they can do, I think people are really tired of of the the carnage that is going on. Um, and even when I'm an I'm an emergency room nurse, and when I see gun violence survivors, and it's not always so pretty. There's long term disabilities and pain, and and um, all of this costs the taxpayers' money, um, and I believe there is a lot more that we can do, and I say this as a gun owner, there's a lot more that we can do to curb the violence and death and um, while respecting the Second Amendment. Right, and, and we really do all pay for gun violence just in you know, just emergency room services and you know, police work, and there's a lot of costs that we don't think about every day but yet are, is something that everyone you know, has a part of. That's so, right. When, um, when I was in nursing school, I, was, I did a med, medical surgical rotation at a nursing home, and this was in another state, and I took care of an individual who was in his mid-20s uh, when he um, was in his teens, and so he'd been residing at that nursing home for 10 years. He, um, he was shot, um, and he suffered a C-spine injury that – rendered him a quadriplegic. So he's what we call in the medical field a total care. Yep. He can't toilet himself. He can't feed himself. He can't turn himself in bed. Um, he's too much for his family to care for. So he's been residing in a nursing home, and he he's a Medicare, Medicaid patient. So that's just one example, and that's where he will live for the rest of his life. Um, and we are all paying for this. So if people if people want to find out more about 1491, uh, where can they go? Well, the Alliance for Gun Responsibility is a great um, website to go for more information. Um, it has, um, all you have to do is just put that in your internet search engine and it will come up with a website that's got a lot of great graphics and facts. They've got the full text of the law. So um, if you're wanting to spend some time and really dig into the law and read all the nuances and the details of it, you can do that. Um, it also has a list of the, um, the organizations and the people who are backing this. Um, and we have some of our um, heads of law enforcement in this area are, are backing it, and it's, um, it's enjoying a lot of good support. Well, that's great. Well, Thank you, Kelly, and I'd like to remind our listeners that you should have your ballots in hand by now. They have to be filled out and postmarked by November 8th. Uh, the sooner the better, because as soon as King County receives your ballot, you will stop getting campaign calls and mail and visits. 1491 is one of the uh, measures that has been endorsed by the 5th District Democrats, so um, please do support that as well. I'd like to thank you again for joining us today, Kelly. Thank you, Josh. It's been, been enjoyable. This has been Taking the Fifth, the podcast of Washington's 5th District Democrats. For more information on us, visit 5thDistrictDems.com, starting with the number five. Copyright 2016, 5th District Democrats.